Welcome to the Mom Owned and Operated Podcast, the podcast about moms and for moms, where we have candid conversations about running a business, raising a family, and remembering ourselves. I'm your host, Rita Suzanne, a single mom of four, digital strategist, and provider of no-nonsense business strategies and tactics. Hi, this is Rita Suzanne, and today I have my guest, Kate, with me. Kate, thank you so much for joining us. Please tell everyone about you, your family, and your business. Hi, Rita. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Um, My name is Kate Williams. I am the founder of a company called People First Content. We do writing, um, we write content for businesses. So blog posts, articles, website content, ebooks, lead magnets, emails, whatever people need written, we do that. Um, And so I live uh, near Tulsa, Oklahoma. I have two sons. They are 11 and 13, two boys. So very active, very busy boys. Uh, So they have been with me through it all from the beginning. So we moved to Tulsa when my oldest was just a baby um, from Detroit. So I could go to grad school. So I got my PhD at the University of Tulsa. Um, had my second son while I was there too. So they're very used to the working from home kind of thing and me working all the time. Uh, and that's kind of Part of why I started the business, which we'll probably get into a little bit, I think a lot of moms can relate to wanting to be home more with their kids, being able to work from home. It's awesome. So um, that's about it. We're just busy, busy, busy with middle school is a busy time. People don't tell you. Yeah. How much, so how my, much you to drive. <laughs> my sons are in middle school too. They're the same age, um, 11 and 13 for right now. They'll be turning 12 and 14 next month. Okay. But um then I have my girls who are now uh, 13 and 15. So I am with you. I have one in high school and then three in middle school. So um, yeah, it's a lot going on. And um, so tell us, like, when did you start your business? Like, what what made you want to start your business? Yeah, so I, um, so I launched it in 2018. So we're, we've been incorporated since November 2018. I went full-time in April of 2019. So after I graduated, I graduated with my PhD January or December of 2015. Um, Worked for a company for a few years. And then around 2018, just was starting to feel like I had reached kind of the highest I could go at that company. was looking into other options. Couldn't really find any great options that worked because a lot of it was... One of the great things about the company I worked for was it was so flexible. And I think as you know, and other moms know, like that flexibility is huge. So I needed that. Uh, and that kind of was what led me to think about, hey, what if I did this on my own? And so I started freelancing a little bit. Um, I'd freelance through grad school uh, and then kind of got back into it and realized that there was this need for people to have a reliable writer that they could count on. And that's kind of what the idea of building a company came from. Um, and so I started doing it on the side, nights, weekends, holidays, that kind of thing. And by April, I wanted to be done by summer so I could be home in the summer with my kids. Yeah. So that's why I left then. So Kate has a cold. So if you're, yep, sorry. <laughs> so I appreciate you jumping on. I just want, I'm like, um, I know that it's probably hard for you to talk right now because your throat is hurting and I'm all, um, you know, depending on <laughs> like, tell us everything. Yeah, tell no, sorry. I've got coffee and I got my Theraflu, so I should be okay. 
but you're, you're, you're great. <laughs> um, so I, I remember when I started my business, it was so that I could be home with my, my sons more. I think that a lot of moms, that's what they want. Um, and so you feel like, um, being home with your kid or, you know, trying to develop this business in alignment with being home with your kids. Like that's what really led you down the career path that you're on right now. That was a big part of it for sure. My son broke his leg, um, in December of 2018 and I had to be home with him. And that kind of got me thinking about like, what if I couldn't do this? Like I said, I had a flexible job, which was great, but I was like, well, what if something else comes up? Plus I really liked, I liked working from home. <laughs> like that gave me a few weeks at home and I was like, okay, I could, I could do this. Right. Just, yeah. Everybody wanted to work. At, I just remember everybody wanted to work at home until like COVID hit and then nobody yeah. wanted to work <laughs> at home anymore. I remember when I had um, one of my son, I think it was my second son, and I was trying to talk my boss into letting me work from home a couple of days a week so that I didn't have to send both of them to daycare because it was so expensive. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, I just don't see how you'll be able to get anything done from there. <laughs> And I was like, like, I could do all the same stuff. I'm just not physically in the office. And he let me do it every once in a while, but it wasn't anything regular. So I think that if something came out of all this COVID stuff, it was the fact that now it's more accepted to work from home or even to have that, you know, half and half schedule. If I had a, you know, if I had to have a job, I would want one that gave me more mm -hmm. of like you come into the office because I want to be around the people, right? Like I want to, I want to have that socialization, but also I want to have like the privacy and the ability to do what I want at yeah. work, you know, on my I own always, at my own time. I always planned on having a virtual first business because part of one thing I find challenging as a writer, it's like you don't necessarily have a nine to five. Like ideas don't come to you at three o'clock in the afternoon sometimes. Like sometimes you need yeah. to go take a walk or just take a break or take a nap or do something. And so I think the way we have it structured, my employees, we're all Tulsa based, but we're all work remotely. Mm -hmm. um, and so they can work on their own time. Sometimes they email me stuff at midnight and it's like, that's great. As long as you get it in by the deadline, who cares when you're working? And I'm, yeah. I'm happy that uh, that's like the first time when I mentioned this people, I had many people like that's never going to work. <laughs> I was mm. like, yes, it will. Trust and now it, it's so commonplace, you know, that, yeah. that everybody is doing it. But also like the fact that people are working at home with their kids. And I remember because I started my business in 2014. I remember doing a um like a presentation for a Facebook group. And it was, you know, somebody who's very popular. And I, I was in there doing uh, the thing and it was at the end and my boys bust in the room <laughs> and started jumping around and started laughing and clapping and making all, you know, I was just at first mortified. Right. But then everybody's like, Oh my God, they're so cute, you know? And then, but now it's more acceptable. Like people understand like your kids are going to be at home. It's not a big deal. And I think that that's one thing that I love is that now you can work at home. It's more acceptable to work mm -hmm. at home with your kids and, you know, and like, we want to work. We just, you know, we need to take care of our children as well. So what advice would you give to like other moms who are maybe considering starting their own business? Um, let's see. I think the first thing is to find other people who support you. 
So but like this, the group that you're putting together, I think is awesome for that reason. Uh, I was part of a nonprofit here in uh, Oklahoma called Oklahoma Women in Technology and said that was another great just getting out there and meeting people. Um, I led to some leads on clients, but the most important thing is I made some friends. So yeah. just you need friends, like you need people that you can just at the end of the day go and hang out with and talk to and vent to and just get that sounding board. Plus, you know, they give you confidence like, Hey, you know, sometimes I'll have a really hard day and I'll talk to someone They're like, yeah, but you are employing people. Like you're doing a really good job. I'm like, thank right. you. Like I needed to hear that from somebody <laughs> and then you can right. do the same thing for them. So the first thing I would say is find, find some way to surround yourself with other women. I think it's really, really important for women to help women. Uh, and the yeah. second would be just to have confidence. It's really, I know it's hard to have confidence, <laughs> but trust yourself. Um, you don't have to take everyone's advice. I think it's good to get advice from other people and then really focus on what you're good at and know, you know, trust yourself. I had lots of people telling me you should get an office or you mm. should um, do website design. I'm like, but I'm not a designer. Like that's not, I want to only do content <laughs> and it works. Um, right. So trust yourself. And then the last advice that I have a very hard time following um, is to make time for yourself. I think mm-hmm. we all hear that, but it's it's really hard. I get that. Like it's really hard when you're a mom and you're taking care of all the things, but you also are trying to do this business. So I'm trying to. Um, one thing I've been doing since school started is meeting up with one of my neighbors a couple times a week, and we just go for a walk, just 20 mm-hmm. minutes around the block, like just around the neighborhood. Love I'm like that. okay, just I put it on the calendar, like as if it's a meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really nice. That's a nice start to my day. So I'm trying, I'm trying to take my own advice, but I think yeah. it's really easy to get burnt out. You can get And it's, it's nice when you have somebody who's going to like keep you accountable, right? Because mm-hmm. I could put on, I have on my calendar every day that I need to go for a walk, right? But if something comes up, it's going to get pushed and yeah. I'm not going to do it. But if somebody else was depending on me, then I would actually make the time and do it. Yeah. And so I yeah, think if key. you are like that, then accountability partners are definitely what you need. Absolutely. Yeah. No, she's the one who texts me like, are we going? I'm like, fine. Yeah. Right. And then you feel like at first you're like, no, I don't want to. But then when you get there, you're like, okay, this was what I needed, especially when you're writing. I remember when I was doing design, I would sometimes get a block and I would actually mm-hmm. need that. But I didn't want to leave because I was like stuck in the middle trying to solve this problem. I'm going to figure it out. But then when I would leave and come back, the solution was right there in front of my face the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to remember that. But yeah, Yeah. when you're in the moment, it's really hard. Yeah. It's so hard because, you know, like taking care of yourself, like we, as moms, we always push ourselves to the back. Like, you know, after I had kids it became less and less about me. And then once I started my business, that became another priority. And so doing stuff for myself just has been pushed, you know, continuously to the back burner. But, you know, when I had my little burnout and restructure of my business, I started figuring out what was important to me. And important to me was like, I wanted to feel better. And, you know, like there is nothing physically wrong with me. I just don't feel, you know, I feel tired. I feel burnt out. I feel exhausted and pulled in a thousand directions. And so part of that is really just recognizing taking care of yourself, right? Like, but I, what I've realized too, is that 
it's not always about what you do. It's about mm-hmm. sometimes about what you're not doing, right? Mm. Yeah. Like for me, I taught my sons how to do laundry at nine years old. And so yeah. I don't wash their clothes. Yeah. Like they wash their own clothes. If I don't feel like cooking, they do, the, you know, they cook. Mm-hmm. My kids all have chores. So they keep my house nice and shiny. And, you know, so there's a lot of things that we cannot do for ourselves. That is a form of self-care as well. And like, you know, business, I'm delegating a lot and I'm sure you mm-hmm. are too. Yeah. Um, which is helpful because it takes some of the pressure off of us. And I think that's why people need to outsource, you know, like writing and, and things like that, because a lot of people, they put writing on the back burner of things that they need to do. Right. Exactly. That's what we definitely have found, Um, especially when you get. So our client base is small businesses, sometimes solopreneurs who, you know, they don't need to hire an in-house writer. They might only need one blog post a week. And so Mm -hmm. it's so small that they're like, I'll just do it. And then, as you said, it just every week, that's what comes off the to-do list. Like, that's the first thing to go. Right. It's like an equivalent to self-care, right? (laughs) Exactly. And it's like, oh, if you just would do it. And once they do, like once they finally hire us and start working, they're like, oh, like we are seeing more traffic. And so that's a good way. It's actually a a good analogy. It is like self-care for your business. Yeah. Because, you know, I think that people don't understand that with your website, once you make changes to it, it's actually good for your SEO because yeah. Google is then crawling your website and seeing the changes. And um, especially if it's content that's actually for your target audience and and all of those things. And so that's good to keep in mind is that if you can't write something to get somebody else to do it for you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same way. Yeah. I have, I outsource my accounting. That's the same. Like that's the first, that was right. the first thing to go. Like, <laughs> so, and that's, I like the words, not the numbers. Exactly. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I loved when, um, so everybody knows the story of like how I got my, my two nieces, you know, my sister passed and then I um, got custody of my nieces. And one of the things when my youngest niece, she came and she was bored because they didn't have their stuff at my house yet. And she was like, what can I do? And so I showed her this book that, you know, was encouraging kids to learn about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. She read the book and she went out and started like uh, trying to start her own business. She w- walked dogs and, and made money. Uh-huh. And I was so proud of her. But have your kids learned anything about entrepreneurship from you since they've been kind of following your journey so far? Yeah. It's funny because um, they've kind of taken two different approaches. So my 11-year-old is like all in on entrepreneurship. He He's watched, my husband also has, he works full-time and he has a couple of side businesses. So they watch both of us, mm-hmm. you know, weekend, sometimes our weekend starts at four o'clock on Sunday. But, you know, he's he's seen it. He's seen the highs and the lows. He really likes the idea. He sees me come in my office and shut the door and not deal with coworkers like in the mm-hmm. office. He's had some um, really bad experiences with group projects, but, mm. uh, and he's all in. He went to an entrepreneur camp this summer where they built a business and they did a pitch and he loved it. So he's like already planning his next business. Um, that like for him, that's for, you know, he's, that's what he wants to do. And my 13 year old wants none of it. He's just like, why would you do this when you could just work for somebody else? And so I think that's, you know, some people, some people are like that. They're like, I don't want to deal with all the stress and the worry. And, you know, and I get that because 
I think that people don't understand how challenging it is to run your business, right? There's so many things that you have to do. Exactly. And it's like the highs and the lows. And in one week, you can have both. You can have your best day and your worst day. Right. It's like highs are what makes it worth it. That's true. Um, So as a mom, like besides putting off self-care, like, is there anything else that you've learned, um, you know, from being an entrepreneur that's helped you or vice versa, like from being a mom that's helped you with being an entrepreneur? I think, honestly, I think that um, parenthood is a really good training tool for for being agile, for one Mm -hmm. thing, because Mm -hmm. you just can't predict what's going to happen. Who knows what's going to, like, I'm sick now because my whole family was sick last week and I've had two weeks thrown off or I've had to completely rearrange things. And that's just one example. But, uh, and so having kids throughout grad school helped me become super efficient for one thing, I think that helped my writing a lot. Mm-hmm. So it helped me kind of hone in instead of uh, spending hours agonizing over words. It was like, well, it's this or nothing. <laughs> I just, I have an hour. Here we go. Um, and that helped me become really efficient with how I planned my writing um, and how I prioritize things. And that has translated into entrepreneurship too. Like, how do you prioritize when everything's a top priority? How do you decide what to do? Yeah. And I, yeah, that's really been useful. Well, I have a question. So if somebody cannot hire someone to come in and help Mm -hmm. them, what do you have any recommendations for them in order to help them be more efficient in their writing? Because I think that that's like the struggle. People just sit there and they don't know what to do. Yeah. So um, I teach writing also at at the uh, University of Tulsa. And so what I tell my students is to just start like I tell, I encourage drafty drafts with them. I think mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing. Everyone sits down and you think, you know, it's going to be a masterpiece. And it's like, just, just get words on the page. 90% of the time, it does not sound as bad as you think it's going to sound. Mm-hmm. And you can always edit it. And you don't have to start at the beginning either. So sometimes, sometimes I can, like I can just sit down and I can write a blog post from start to finish. But other times um, I'll sit down, I'll have you know, a working title, I'll have a few headers, and I don't know where to start. And I'll just go like, okay, well, this is the section that I know the most about. So I'll fill this in mm-hmm. and go from there. So I think starting with what you know, can be the easiest, and then you can always edit it later. Yeah, I think that's good. Like, and like you said, like having somewhat of an outline where you have mm-hmm. like the main points that you want to hit and talk about those things. And then then you could do yeah. your intro and your outro, you know, basically yeah and sometimes I'll start at the end just to make myself feel better (laughs) the call to action (laughs) if I'm really stuck like okay I can do this outcome of this where where are we going exactly (laughs) figure out what you want out of it sometimes that's the easiest place to start too I feel like that's probably one of the most important things right it'll help you stay on track with where you know where the actual um, yeah. piece is going because you know that it needs to lead to this thing. So here's the path that we need to go exactly. down and we're staying focused and on track. I used to, um, speaking of walking, I used to go and um, back in the day, I would, when I lived in California, I would walk and talk. And so I would okay. record myself um, based on whatever topic I was trying to write about, because whenever I would sit down to write, I would just 
my brain was just like, no, there's too much. Like there's, this is too many things going on. We can't do it. And so I, I'm the type who's like, I need quiet when I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I need to focus. I need to pay attention to what I'm doing. And so I, it, even when I would do that, it wouldn't work. So I would go on walks and I would just speak it. And it would, at the time it was dictating into like Google drive. And then like you're saying, I would go back and then I would like, oh my gosh, this is horrifying, you know, but what is good? <laughs> yeah. There's always good. There's always good in there. Yeah. So I, I, but I don't do that anymore. I don't know why. I just like, I think at this point I feel so connected with who my target audience is uh-huh. that I don't really need to sit down and do it. So maybe that's the difference why I was so off because I couldn't connect to it. Yeah. Knowing your audience is huge. Yeah. Audience and purpose. Those are the two things you need before. I think you can sit down and write anything. So do you have any suggestions for people that maybe are not clear on who their target is? Hmm. Um, that's a really good How question. How do you help them figure out who their target audience is? So generally, I I think a lot of times I have clients who have like four or five audiences. And mm-hmm. so the, tr- the trick is narrowing down who it is, you know, so mm-hmm. finance, they may be working, you know, they may be trying to target individuals and you know, investors and commercial lenders or something like that. And so it's fine to have content that speaks to each of them. But for each, uh, that's is where I actually started at the end again. Like, okay, well, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to get the individuals to click something? Or So start there. Start with what you're trying to get out of this piece. Mm-hmm. And I can help you identify who it's for. I think you generally, by the time people are ready to write content, they have an idea vaguely of who their multiple audiences are. And so or they want to just figure out how do I sell this thing? And, yeah. yeah. If you're able to, if you have like a social media following or an email list too, you can always ask, ask, like ask what yeah. they're looking I for. I feel like you- some people are like, I don't want to ask my audience yeah. isn't big enough. And what if people don't reply and you know, like all that stuff, people if, are nervous. I'd say if they don't reply, that's fine. Like you're not out of anything. Right. Polls are easy. I think a one question poll. Yeah, that's really easy for people to click on. Like, I get people don't want to, you know, fill out 10 question surveys, but just a short poll could be, you know, as long as it's your target audience, right? Because if you're asking like people who aren't even like in your sphere, then it doesn't even make it like I used to, I used to hate it when somebody would take logos into like massive Facebook groups and like, which one of these do you guys Uh, like better? No, like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or ask their husband, like, which one do you prefer? And I'm like, your yeah, it's like, well, it's yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so that's, that's super frustrating, but let's get back to a little bit more self-care because you know, that's <laughs> my favorite thing to talk about. And, you know, um, in networking, I love to talk about like networking and relationship mm-hmm. building. So let's, let's backtrack a little, talk about networking and relationship building. So do you feel like that has helped you with your business, like the networking? Yeah. So actually, um, if we go back a little further, networking through, through my kids helped me land my job, the first job, like outside of academia. So as I said, I had young kids in um, my PhD program. And so my cohorts were all youthful and single and and childless. And so I had to find some outlet, a new city, 
no friends. Uh, and so I joined a family. It was called the Tulsa Family Club, just a meetup.com group um, where I made a, a lot of great friends, which is awesome. So we went to the zoo and, you know, play dates and all that. And then uh, through there, I became really good friends with a lot of people. So when I graduated, I was looking for a job in the academic job market. You apply in the fall, but you don't get um, letters till spring or summer. So I graduated in December and one of my friends, he um, was the CEO of this company that I ended up working for. And he was like, well, hey, we're thinking of hiring in-house writers. Why don't you come on board on contracts for six months? We'll figure out in July, you know, if you want to stay or go or whatever. And so like, that was just a great way to get into this business. And I was like, oh, by the time July came, I was like, I'm in, like, I don't want to do academia. I love this. And so, (coughs) sorry, excuse me. I got really excited talking about it. (laughs) And so it was interesting how like parenthood led me to this career path and parenthood was why I was freelancing in the first place because I couldn't get a regular job Mm -hmm. to make, you know, to make some extra cash during grad school. And so that was how I started freelancing and writing for the web. And so I kind of credit that to, to like, building my career path, the flexibility, you can't beat it. I think that a lot of people, no, I'm sorry. Um, I think that a lot of people don't talk enough about what they do, right? So nobody knows what they're doing and then therefore they're not being, um, I guess, approached for these opportunities Mm -hmm. and, and things of that nature. And I don't know if it's because they need a little bit more confidence in what they're doing. But for me, like the only way that I was able to stay in business for eight years was through networking and referrals and, you know, and creating relationships with people because, you know, I couldn't spend my time on social media, just posting every single day about, you know, um, all the things and, Mm -hmm. you know, and trying to build up social media is not really a guaranteed source of clients. And I think that if people would focus a little bit more on those relationships, then that would um, be more profitable for them. Yeah, absolutely. I love going to conferences and meeting just one-on-one and it's like, you don't have to hand everyone your business card, just having a few really great conversations. Yeah. I think that, so when people say that they can't go to conferences or that they're too busy for stuff like that, um, like, do you have alternative suggestions that you? I've been trying to do some virtual networking. And so I'm trying to tell myself to, um, one virtual and one in-person networking a month. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. And then one, yeah. one thing that I tell my clients is like, you know, create a list of who you've connected with, who you've talked to and, you know, follow up with them and see how they're doing. And, you know, that helps you nurture a relationship too. It's not all about selling all the time. It's about yeah. knowing people. No, exactly. You ever know who knows somebody else. And Right. Yeah, in our little circle, I've been invited to a lot of things in Tulsa and Tulsa's a really like tight knit tech community. And that's been really great for just exactly meeting people, even if it doesn't lead to business, it leads to like new ideas and new opportunities. And Yeah. I think that that's one of the most important things because the, um, you know, 
I remember when I would used to go to the local networking, right? And I sometimes it's so it feels so gross, right? Because everybody is just yeah. like you can smell the desperation, uh, you know, a mile away. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I always tell people like I don't go to these things to get clients. I go here to make friends, and that's yeah. really all I'm here for. You know? Yeah, I think that's the right approach. There's one that I've been trying to go to. It's a golf networking because I'm trying to learn golf for that too. And I was like, hey, if I get a little active, get right. a little, that's a little vitamin D while I'm making friends, that's great. Yeah, you need those people that you can just bounce ideas off of too. Yeah, it doesn't all have to be about business. Exactly, because you know it's like support. You know, like you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, and like I had said, um, I've been saying is like you know nobody understands a motherhood or like being in business as a mom, like another mom, because I have tons of uh, friends, women friends who are business owners, but they don't have children. So they don't really understand the pull that the children have on, you know, your life. Yep. Yeah. Like my work day basically has to end at four because then I'm driving kids around until seven 30. So it has to start early. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I can't just work 16 hour days. Exactly. So, and, but I think that goes part in with, you know, boundaries and setting some time management and really um, staying focused on your goals because Mm -hmm. a lot of people, they want the balance in their life, but, you know, it's really like sticking to what's important to you. And like you said, after four, like this is is no longer my priority for the day. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So now let's talk a little bit more about self-care besides walking (laughs) with your neighbor. Like, do you have any other uh, self-care things that you practice that you love that you want to recommend? I love reading and I've been getting back into reading. Uh, It was hard after graduating my PhD because you have to read so much. And so just finding things like the Hunger Games was the first thing I read after I graduated. And so I've been focusing on just finding just fun, fun, fun stuff to read. Yeah, it doesn't need to be highbrow literature. Just I think that that could be fun. So I do that at night. I try to read for you know a couple of chapters a night. And so I I think that's good, you know, because a lot of people, they, you know, they just don't. I know for me, I started reading and it was all just all consumed about business, 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 mm-hmm. business, listening to podcasts. And then I stopped even listening to music because I was like so consumed with all the business stuff. And then I just remember, I mean, this went on for years. I would go for a walk and I would listen to a podcast. I would be at the gym. I would listen to, you know, to books or whatever. And um, so now I try to revolve between the two because I love, you know, I love listening to music and singing and stuff like that. But one thing I wanted to suggest, because in the beginning, you talked about a little bit about some people needing confidence or, you know, like, in order to do that. And so one of my other guests and um, a client of mine had recommended something on one of these podcasts, and I love it. And it's called a win wall, right? And so I think especially when you're first starting out, it's good to have those like Mm. declarations of, you know, you are really good at what you're doing, you are helping people, you are, you know, uh, employing other people. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, it's like, it could be affirmations and stuff like that too, but 
one thing that I do is like pull all my stuff into like a folder on my on my computer, right? But I'll look at that <laughs> if I want to. I would, but it's not the first thing that I see. Yeah. And so um, I've been like toying with how am I going to create my own wind wall because I think like I want to make that a necessity to like for my clients too. You know? Yeah, that's a great idea because it's like the negative which there aren't many negatives, but you know, if you get negative feedback, it's like that for some reason that sticks with me for days and I'm sure not alone versus right. all the good feedback. It's like, right, right. It just hundred great, out. great reviews and like one negative one and you focus on that one negative. Yeah. But, and then usually the person who's maybe just doing, saying the mean things is just, you know, maybe they're having a bad day or they're trolling or just like, you know, they don't feel yeah. good about themselves. Who knows? And so, you know, it's like trying not to take that stuff to heart, I think is super important. Yeah. So which again, goes back to having a support group, someone you can just vent to and, and move on. So you don't carry it with you all day. Exactly. So, Kate, tell us where anybody can find you. Where are you online? Um, I am on LinkedIn. That's probably the most, we're the most active. So um, I think you just like search for me, Kate Williams, PhD. Uh, you should find me. I think the link, I sent you the link to it. Yes. All the links um, will be in the show perfect. notes for sure. Yeah. So, uh, peoplefirstcontent.com is where you can find all of our blog posts, more about, uh, my team members and our, my staff. And then, uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram at people first content. I think it's people one content, but again, you'll have the links. So yeah. <laughs> LinkedIn is probably the best. That's where I'm, that's where I've made the most connections. That's where I find the most active. Your most time. Yeah. I had somebody else tell me how great, um, LinkedIn is as well. I'm on Facebook more than I've always been on Facebook, yeah. more, but I think, I think that's where the model figure out where your audience is. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's great talking to you. Thanks for, for suffering through my cold with me. And there you have it. I want to encourage you to remember that being a mom who runs her own business is not easy. We all struggle, but just keep moving forward and don't forget to make time for yourself. As moms, we are usually the first thing to go to the bottom of the list. If your business is overwhelming you and you need real solutions, not just some sugar-coated suggestions, apply to work with me at ritasuzanne.com slash apply.